Hi, I'm Dave from the Comics in Motion podcast, and you're listening to Genuine Chit Chat. Thanks to Dave for the intro. For anyone who's into comic books, be sure to check out Comics in Motion podcast. I've included a link in the description. Anyway, our guest this week is Heather Vickery of the Brave Vars podcast. Now, Heather is not only a podcast creator and host, um, she's also a life and business coach or a success coach. Um, She's also the mother of four children and is also an author as well as all of those things and is an absolutely fantastic person to talk to. Now in this chat we talk about a great many things and we had such a good time I think we're planning on doing a couple more podcasts in the future so if you like this one be sure to look out for those. Um, But what we actually talk about in this is what being brave actually is and how it's different from being fearless, um, how Heather became a success coach, um, also one of Heather's big self-realizations about her own sexuality um, It came about a few years ago and we get into a lot of detail about that and sort of what she went through, what actually was she went through and how that's changed her outlook on life and things. As well as that, we talk about loads of other things, including Ellen DeGeneres, the stigma still surrounding uh, non-heterosexuality, how organization is key to being happy and free, how gratitude is so important, um, admitting when you're wrong is so good for personal growth, and loads of other great things. So this is a very inspirational, motivational, and introspective podcast. So if you're into those sort of things, then you're in for a treat. No promo today, guys, so we're going to jump straight into it after I finish talking basically this sentence. So thanks, as always, for tuning in, guys. Uh, Be sure to like us and follow us on all the usual social media places, review on iTunes, share with your friends, and all that usual jazz. Um, So yeah, I'll be back at the end of the chat to talk about upcoming things and the usual. So yeah, thanks, as always, for tuning in, guys, and I'll talk to you all at the end. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. Hello, Heather. How are you doing? I'm great, Mike. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, thank you. Um, for all those listening, I'm sure I've mentioned it in the uh, in the intro, but... Uh, you have a podcast, you do great many other things, uh, but you have a podcast <laughs> called The Brave Files, which is how we kind of uh, got talking and things. Um, so I thought, let's have a chat, you know, let's see where this goes. Um, so one of the things I want to ask you is, uh, with The Brave Files, if we start with that, if you want to say sort of what you kind of do with it and when you started it, really. Absolutely. So I started the show, the first episode aired on April 12th. And I'd known for a long time that I want uh, April 12th of 2018. I'd known for a long time that I wanted to do a podcast because it's my favorite form of learning. It's my favorite media platform. And I couldn't figure out exactly what I wanted to do. I'd thrown around something very similar to yours. I'd thought about calling it. Can we, can we chat? Oh, wow. And it would be, you know, I was thinking about theming it weekly, like each week of the month we would do parenting and entrepreneurship and movie reviews or whatever. So I had all these fun things going. And then one day I was in the kitchen making dinner, which I feel like all of my great major breakthroughs have been around some sort of meal prep. I don't, maybe that's because I'm a mom. I don't know. Um, and I thought I, the brave files, I could do a show that interviews people who have chosen to live courageously. And this connected for me because I am a success and leadership coach. I'm a a public speaker and an author, and that is what I do. I help people figure out what they really want and step out into it bravely and courageously, you know, build systems and all of that businessy stuff. But really the core of it is you're not stuck and it doesn't matter if you're afraid or not, you can still make brave choices and it it enriches your life, it enriches the connections that you have with the people around you. And it's inspiring and fulfilling. And so I promptly, literally immediately put down the knife, went and bought the domain name and put together a Google form and put it on Facebook. And I said, I'm starting a podcast. If you have a story to tell, fill this out. And that was maybe six weeks before the first event or first episode launched. So I just was not messing around. I was like, I'm in, this is what I'm going to do. And, um, I just sort of fine tuned it. I love this show. I love talking to people about the ways in which they've, they've overcome or they've grown or they've chosen not to let something scary, keep them down. And we have such a wide variety of interviews, people who have done really, really big things, survived really big things, to folks who do things that seem 
maybe not that big, but yet feel big, like, like choosing to stand up to a family that hasn't treated you well, right? That seems small, but that's a big deal. Or people who have decided to dedicate their lives to social justice. Like there's just so many different ways. And I get such great feedback from listeners about the lessons they've learned and how they've implemented that into their own life. And really the biggest takeaway is so what do it scared? Bravery isn't the absence of fear, which is pretty cool. Yeah, because you've got um, also a plug for your merch. Um, you've got, um, which I, I do want to uh, come on to. It's, uh, nice. Is, <laughs> you've got uh, two t-shirts, uh, one yep. of which I think it was um, uh, Brave is Greater Than fear, uh, Fearless, isn't it? Yeah, uh, so it's it says Brave and then it has the greater than sign, Fearless, because Brave is greater than Fearless. Look, you don't want to be fearless. That means that you're almost sociopathic. It means you don't have emotion. We have fear. Fear is a natural human instinct and it's there for a reason. When you have fear, you can choose bravely, which interestingly enough is in fact the other slogan. It's on the (laughs) mug that I'm drinking that only Mike can see right now. Um, You can choose that. And when you consciously and intentionally make a choice and follow through with it, crazy awesome things happen, including real scientific chemical things in your brain um, and your mindset shift and all of that. So yeah, this stuff is no joke. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things with your podcast because kind of, um, I, I was obviously listening, I've listened to a couple of episodes and things and uh, today on the way back um, from work, I was listening to one as well. And I was just thinking, I was just like, your podcast is basically uh, very similar to my podcast, but a lot more noble. Like mine, oh, it's like, well, I've got certain ones which are just me and my mates chatting about nothing for hours. Um, other ones are just about movies and sort of other <laughs> benign, pointless things. Uh, and then on the old occasion, I get one person who's like super inspirational. Um, one that I had a few weeks ago, uh, Goff, the blind movie director. Yeah, he's going to be on my show too. Oh, wonderful. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks for the introduction. No worries at all. Um, I may get the uh, the gentleman tattoo Tom uh, from, uh, from... Oh, you've Steve got Life. to. I was really Tom tempted. Tom is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was tempted to hit him up as well. Um, but if anyone's listening, go check out... If you're going to check out The Brave Files, which I'm sure after this chat, you definitely will. And I'll put links in the description and stuff. The, the episode... Well, I've listened to two episodes, but The Still Alive, it's called. I think it's still, released... Still Brave. Still Brave. There you go. I'm terrible. Um, That's okay. You're not terrible. <laughs> it's... Uh, and uh, it was released, I think, November sort of time. I seem that to recall. sounds about right. Yeah, yeah so when people are scrolling right. through the feed and things, but um, that's a fantastic chat. And I was just like, I've had yeah a couple of people on who I think are really inspirational. Whereas yours is is basically all of that. It's just none of the nonsense that mine is, none of the sort of <laughs> pithiness, but like just all inspirational people who've just got incredible stories and things. And it, Thank it's you. amazing. I don't want people to think though that it's stuffy because it's I work really hard to make it conversational and fun and connective. But yeah, these stories are really powerful. Yeah. They really are. Well, it's like the tagline of my show is honest conversations with interesting people. And yours is yeah. kind of like yours is like honest conversations with inspiring people in a sense. Like, <laughs> not that they're not interesting, but like they've all got sort of the story to tell. And yeah. obviously that the whole linking theme between yours is the sort of the braveness of it and things. So yeah. it's it's if people like elements of this show, then of my show, speaking of, uh, then I, I can't think of a reason why they wouldn't enjoy yours, you know? Well, so you. it's it's now great. you should all go listen right Definitely. now. Hundred <laughs> percent. Just stop my just stop the chat I'm having right now. Like you guys listening in uh, podcast land, just stop it right now. Go check out the brave files. <laughs> but um I, I wonder and I'm interested by obviously you starting the podcast and you being a sort of a life and business coach. Um, that how did you get into being a life and business coach? Because am I right to assume you, or right that you were a wedding planner beforehand or something like that? I was, yeah. So I've been an entrepreneur pretty much my entire adult life. I tried working for other people when I was fresh out of college, and uh, that didn't work well for me. Mm. I don't work well for other people, but I work well with other people. And I'd been in events for a long time. I'd done nonprofit event planning and corporate event planning and worked in hotels. And I decided I I knew enough people. I had enough experience and connections. I was just going to go out on my own as a planner and see what happens. And it worked out really beautifully for me. I built one of Chicago's most premier event planning firms, and I loved it. But as I grew and my life, I began to change in a number of ways, which I'm sure we'll talk about big transformations for me in my life. I started to wonder though, what, what I was going to be when I grew up, because it just didn't feel like it checked all my boxes. And I began working with my own 
business coach, life and business coach, uh, who is an amazing, wonderful mentor to me. And it became very clear, and he totally called me out on it, that I was already coaching, that I had established myself enough in my industry that people respected me and I had a way of connecting and communicating and they valued my opinion and my processes. Uh, so I started paying attention and I realized that, you know, several times a week I was being asked to sit down and chat with somebody or help them try this or build this and do that. And I just put a name to it. And I said, y'all, I'm, I'm coaching. This is what I'm doing. And everyone said, oh yeah, yes, yes, you are. <laughs> uh, and I did that for a while. I started doing some workshops and from the workshops, I really discovered, which wasn't a huge surprise. I have a, a musical theater degree. I, I'm a stage girl that I loved teaching. I loved being in front of an audience. I have a connectability on stage that really speaks to people. And I get a huge high of it. I swear it's why I've always said this about theater, why I never needed to do drugs. I just need to go on stage and I get a high. Oh yeah. And, um, I just worked at it. I've worked and I still every every day I built it. I went after it. I tried to identify what I wanted it to look like and then what things I needed to do to activate it. And I ask for it. I ask for it every day over and over again in a, in a million different ways. And um, and here I am five years later with uh, a couple of books out and some multiple speaking gigs happening. I get paid to speak, which people ask me that, do they pay you to do that? <laughs> like they do. And they try not to sometimes. And I said, this is how I feed my family. Hmm. So no, it's, it's a business. I have the podcast and then I do uh, the coaching. I lead workshops and do corporate coaching, which is actually something I'm really loving. I've created a couple of products that go into the employee network groups and some mid-range corporations. It's called the empowerment program. And what we do is we help them find ways. So I take my my normal one-on-one -on -one coaching stuff and I apply it to a business standpoint and then help them figure out how to step powerfully and authentically into their role at work and in life and how that makes them more successful. And you have higher employee retention and happier coworkers and all of these things sort of domino from it. So that's something I'm really working on building this year, but I just ask for it. I go after it and I ask for it. Yeah, and that's uh, it. Really comes off in your in your show. You know, you, I know that in the show you mentioned the fact that you are sort of. Uh, I'm going to just say life coach. So it's easier to say rather than uh, the, all the uh, pretenses. Success of it, coach. Do you success use that coach. one? There you go. That's that's good. It's successful uh, on all platforms. Yeah. Exactly, and it's got success in the name, so it's just immediate. People have that switch. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Perfect. Okay. Well, you um you can hear in your show um sort of the way you communicate with people you can really hear it because there's a lot of podcasts i'm not saying mine isn't one of these but there's a lot of podcasts i hear where people they have a conversation and then it's that constant sort of interrupting or it's not that the reading the other person as much you know right and i'm not saying that there's quite a few of my conversations which i think work perfectly well but there's some which i haven't maybe hit the mark on partially um sometimes it's due to being online and things but with yourself, you can hear the way you communicate with other individuals that you you know your craft in a sense. So it, well, it works very well that you being a success coach, and I'm sure it will make you have a successful podcast too. Well, thank you for that. I truly believe that everybody can be just a little bit more successful, if not a whole lot more successful by doing two things. And both of those things you just mentioned, one is listening more. And then the other is asking good questions, hmm. right? Uh, when somebody asks you good questions, you know that they're paying attention, you feel valued and you feel heard. But then the key is to listen to those questions. But if we do those two things, if you just change those two things, you the listener in your life, both personally and professionally, watch what happens. You're going to like it. Yeah, I've started trying to do that a lot more. I mean, what podcasting has kind of helped me do, because I've been doing this now for about a year and a half or so, it's really helped my communication skills of, you know, even if, if you're looking at it with a sort of business mind, it's okay, I'm creating content that people want to listen to. I have people on my show who are far more interesting than I am, so I want people to hear them. <laughs> I don't want to ask people these questions, and then they give half an answer, and then I interrupt and go, no, this is what I think of it, because it's like I found myself doing that a bit, and it's it does – yeah, I have to kind of mentally correct myself and it's slowly becoming more and more organic and things. But I'm, I talk far too much in my own life anyway, so yeah. <laughs> Me too. <I'm, laughs> I can talk. Don't worry. I can talk anybody's ear off. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, that's a, it's a game changer. 
Mm, I 100% agree. So with your, so you're obviously a wedding planner and then life coach and you had these sort of, this sort of transformative uh, experience. So if, if we get onto that then essentially, um, <laughs> if, I'll let you, I won't even you brief you. You want to get to the good I'll, stuff. I'll just, I know well, what you want. I'm, I'm just interested. Like this, this sort of aspect of people's lives really intrigue me. I, I just, I'm interested by anything that I don't, uh, I haven't experienced, you know, I myself yeah. being a, uh, a white millennial male cisgender uh, all the sort of standard privileged tick boxes i'd say it, it's yeah. it's really it's very easy to be stuck in my own bubble and not look at other things and not try and understand other people's perspectives and i may never understand some of the things people have gone through but that doesn't mean i shouldn't sort of try to sympathize with it and understand and experiences other people can go for you can still take a lot out from that from your own experience even if you haven't been through that Absolutely. First of all, let me just thank you and honor you for fully admitting that you check all the privilege boxes. <laughs> uh, I don't think that privilege is a bad thing. Mm. I think it's how you use your privilege that can be quote unquote good or bad. And it can absolutely be used in a really magical way to help people tell their stories, to help create change um, from a social justice standpoint. Uh, so thank you for that. As somebody who considers herself a social justice warrior, I appreciate anybody who helps us do that. So yeah, my story. Um, well, the very short version, and then I can kind of tell you how I got there, is that after being married for a decade and having four children, I fully admitted I was married to the wrong gender and I came out of the closet. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's I, the short version. Well, I was going to say, my, my reaction then, people listening are like, that wasn't a very good reaction. Like, I can't already know. Like, I didn't, I don't know what reaction to be like, oh, what? Oh my God, I didn't realize I was talking to somebody who was gay. Oh, I know. Jesus. Oh. oh, I had an airplane conversation last summer with a, a 44 year old white man from Tennessee who does very well. We had a great conversation. Uh, I challenged his thought process in a lot of ways, and he, he really rose to the conversation. And then at the very end, I said something about being gay and he goes, you're gay. And I said, yeah. And he's like, oh, like it blew his mind that a, he didn't know it and b that somebody just like me, like your average middle-aged white girl, you know, is shock. I wear, I wear a dress and my hair's long and curly and you know, um, but of course we ended the conversation with him asking me if Ellen made me gay. <laughs> which she did not so uh, Ellen does not have that power so <laughs> uh, just watch yeah. Ellen one day and then you're just like you know what that's what I want that's, I want a piece of that and then just that's how easy it is just flick a switch in your own brain and that's it clearly you know the <laughs> funny thing is I don't know if you've seen her new stand-up special but I she absolutely talks about that in exact I keep thinking I need to tweet to her and I haven't done it so if anybody you know talks to Ellen let me know um, <laughs> <laughs> just in case she talks about that in her in her special. She says that when she first came out, of course, she couldn't get work. And that was because what she was going to make people gay. And she does a whole fake commercial. She's like, you know, life not working for you, not feeling good, not finding the right partner. Try gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's the easy route, isn't it? When, when yeah, things, exactly. Exactly. Being gay is the easier of the, yeah, let's of the pick two that. air quotes Absolutely. choices. Absolutely. Yeah. So go ahead and ask me your questions and I'll do my best to answer them as, as transparently and honestly as I can. Sure. Um, so when you were with, uh, when you were in your marriage, um, was it sort of an inkling, like let's, if I rewind almost the start, at the start of the marriage, was it, there was no thought of this, there was no sort of idea that um, you were the sexuality or was it maybe a tiny inkling and over a decade of challenges and difficulties that came along with being you know married and having children and things as the pressure started to build the certain things weren't releasing and then that kind of gave you the uh, sort of epiphany or yeah. how, how was Interesting it really? question so people ask me all the time if I always knew and the answer is no although this far on the other side I look back and there were a whole lot of signs that I just totally missed and the easiest way I can describe it is women love women Mm -hmm. Women talk about women in really passionate ways. Oh, she is so pretty. Oh, she's so hot or all of those things. Well, I was thinking those things and I didn't know that the way it made me feel to think those things was different than a way it made other women feel. And I also, true, honest transparency, I didn't meet the lesbians in college. I'm sure if I'd met the lesbians in college, I would be telling a different story, but there wasn't anybody to, to hit on or to find a particular attraction to. As I grew older, it became definitely obvious that 
there was some physical curiosity. One particular situation comes to mind, and I don't get to tell this story very often because not everybody lets me curse on their podcast. But you say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> <laughs> when I was first dating my ex husband, we were at the grocery store, and this was in the early 2000s. Like it might have been 2000. Britney Spears was super hot, and I don't just mean physically, but like <laughs> on the scene, right? And she was on the cover of a magazine, and I we were at checkout. And I said to him, I would fuck the shit out of her. And he laughed because like every straight guy's dream is to think about their girl wanting to fuck Britney Spears, right? And I was like, no, I'm really serious. And he's like, you're all talk, right? And so there was that, but I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what to do with any of that. As I got older, I started to realize there was definitely more and more physical attraction and that I might need to explore that. Um... And then I did, I explored it. And when I explored it, it became very clear to me that it, it wasn't about physicalness, it was about connectiveness. But I will say from a physical standpoint, the difference was night and day. Mm. I'd been with a number of men and I kept going, why, why, why are we do, why do people do this? Why are they excited about this? Why do they write movies and love songs and books about this? This is not a big deal, I guess you just do it. And then when I was with a woman, I was like, oh, that's what they mean. Okay, get that. Uh, unfortunately, it's not that easy. And people don't get married to get divorced. They really don't. Even if you know that you've got a divorce out option, it's not the choice. And so I just sort of sat with that personally for myself for about a year. Then my then husband found out and we promptly got into therapy and we tried to sit with it for a year. We wanted to find a way to make it work. We tried all sorts of creative approaches to fulfill my needs. He was actually incredibly supportive of my sexuality. He just didn't want a divorce. He wanted to break up the family. And I understood that and I tried for that. But in the end, I was not showing, I have four daughters. I was not showing my daughters what I wanted them to strive for in their life. I was settling. I was miserable. I certainly wasn't having good sex. <laughs> I wasn't deeply in love. I wasn't being myself. And I started to close off. I mean, I well, I, I recognized that over the years I'd closed off, I'd cut off friendships, I'd cut off family members. And it wasn't because they had done anything wrong. It was because I didn't know who I was within those relationships. So once I knew that I deeply connected to my why, which is showing my girls that they can, whatever it is, everything changed. It was like the light bulb finally turned on and I started approaching things from a really honest and vulnerable level. I reconnected with my mom in a really magical way. I reconnected with friends from the past and with myself and, and it changed everything. And how many years ago was this, uh, as in from the, the start to, say, uh, yourselves uh, splitting yeah. up or divorcing? Um, so when I publicly came out, it was about five years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's when I knew, that's when I knew it was time to get a divorce. This all sort of started eight years ago. Mm. Uh, like, as in when my, it was, I guess it was nine years ago that I sort of figured it out for myself and eight years ago that he, he found out, but five years ago is when it was time to take a deep breath and jump. And mm -hmm. that's what happened. Well, um, obviously you say that the relationship with your mother improved, which is uh, wonderful to hear. Um, cause there's a lot of individuals when they, uh, when they come out, depending on what age, what happens is certain friends or family can, uh, be against it in some ways. Did you find oh, that? Oh yeah, well? it was, it wasn't great at first. Uh, but remember I had sort of developed this very tumultuous relationship, particularly with her. I had cut her off from conversation. I'd cut her off from my thoughts and my feelings. And certainly when people do that to you, you know it. Even if it's not verbalized, you feel it. So she was already on guard with me. And she's pushy. I will never, I will never forget it. In fact, in fact, it was five years ago. Holy shit. This coming weekend. Oh, wow. It was President's Day weekend. And she'd come in town with my aunt and my cousin. My cousin was wedding dress shopping. Of course, everybody wants to do all the wedding stuff with me because I did the weddings. And we were out to dinner, the four of us. And I was just fucking miserable, man. I mean, every decision I made was fear-based. My life was so shitty at the time, other than my awesome, beautiful, amazing kids. And she finally pushed me at dinner. 
She goes, what the fuck is wrong with you? What do you have to be so unhappy about? Because we had this beautiful life, this seemingly perfect relationship, four beautiful kids. He made a shit ton of money, got everything I wanted, right? Um, and I just lost it. And I turned to her and I said, because I'm a lesbian mom and I'm fucking miserable. And she took a deep breath and she got up and she walked away. And she came back about 10 minutes later and sat down and she said, I'm on his side. On his side? Yeah. His side, my ex. I'm on his side. Obviously, I had been deceiving. I had taken advantage of him. I had been a liar. All of these things. And I just let her do her thing. I mean, it got really ugly. It was two really, really shitty weeks. And it, within those two weeks, my parents had been divorced since I was an infant. My dad, who's super religious, had been amazing. He said, I don't understand but I guess I don't have to. I love you. You're my kid. All of my family members, including all of her family members said, well, we love you. It's okay. Like we don't understand, but that's okay. My friends were supportive. And, and finally she goes, Oh, like what was my issue with this? Her issue was she didn't want me to be hurt. And as an extension, she didn't want to be hurt. See, parents really struggle to, allow their children to be their own complete individual. And I know this firsthand, we feel like they're an extension of us, but they are not. You are not an extension of your parents. You are your own whole complete person. And as a parent, it's very, very hard to actualize that. But when she realized we weren't going to be hurt, she loosened up a little. And then she started asking questions. And I'm okay with questions. Asking thoughtful questions in a non-aggressive way is how you learn. And I'd answer those questions. And t now she would tell you, in fact, she put it on Facebook recently. I, I challenge people on Facebook. I ask questions all the time. What are you most grateful for? What was your biggest challenge? Things like that. And she put on Facebook, I'm most grateful for the fact that my daughter came out and she's happier than I've ever seen her. Well, that's beautiful. And it's it's one of those things where, um, you know, I've got... I've got a few friends. Um, you know, my my cousin. She's um, she's been a le well a lesbian. Are you offended by that word? I don't mm -hmm. want to say. Anything. Okay, cool. Um, no, I identify as a lesbian. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I thought you said it, but just in case. Um, yeah. So she's been a lesbian for as long as I can remember. She's a few years older than me, and I've got other. She's friends. probably always been a lesbian. Just yeah, don't throw that just, out there. Oh, just always has been. Not just since I've known her. Since I was born, she was like definitely not that. That's definitely not what I want. <laughs> and my cousin, so let's <laughs> sweep that under the rug. Um, yeah. So. Um, I've got a couple, I know a few people who are either bisexual, homosexual, or these sort of things, and different people have come out at different times and things. And yeah. one of the things that I've noticed is quite a common theme uh, when people generally are prejudiced against it is it's, it's a thing that really bothers me is when people say, I just don't understand it, but not in a nice, I just don't understand it way, in a like aggressive, yeah. I don't understand, I don't want to understand way. And that, yeah. that really triggers me because I just, the way I rationalize it, if anyone has this sort of issue, is basically, okay, when someone doesn't like a certain food, okay, you don't have a massive go, you don't make, we shouldn't have a massive go that make a huge big deal about it or that sort of thing. Like, oh, here's, try one of these sweets. No, I'm not really into that. So if you put something in your mouth, you don't choose whether you like it or not. And that's the same as sexuality. Well, I like that. Although then the challenge is, and we know this for a fact to be true for food, is if you try it, your tastes change. Now, mm, good point. that can be used for good or it can be used for evil. I do believe that most of us are on some sort of fluidity scale. Mm -hmm. I don't think most people are either 100% straight or 100% gay. I think it moves and your life situation, your perspective, your connections, the people you meet, those shift. Uh, also, there's some science behind. It's very interesting and I don't want to get into anything controversial. Not that I think you'd care, Mike, but um, there's some science behind women who are finished birthing children, uh, not needing men in their life, not, it's not male basher, but physically, so, you know, hmm. sociologically, they have different needs and that doesn't fit those needs anymore. Um, I think, you know, my answer to that is why do you care? Exactly. It, it's, you don't understand. You don't have to understand Nobody's really asking you to understand. All we're saying is let everybody do their thing. It does not harm you. 
Mm-hmm, exactly. It's, it's just kind of where I was trying to, I mean, you made a very good point there with the, uh, the obviously when you eat things and your flate, your taste buds changes, you get old, all kinds of other things as well. Um, but it is that thing of, I kind of, where where my parallels come with me with diet is just like, well, if we go for a restaurant and you choose one thing on the menu and I choose something else on the menu, that to me is the same, make affects me in the same way that if we went to dinner and you brought you know, a female or a male partner. It's like, Absolutely. okay, as long as they're awesome, I don't care. Like, it's, it's when I, I've said this before to some of my friends um, and I, when I have kids one day, I'll say it to them and it'll be, I, I don't care if gay, straight or anything like that. It's just, if you come home and you bring her, whether my child is one gender or another or any of the sort of other uh, on the spectrum, whatever you come home as and whoever you come home with, as long as you're both happy, that's that's yeah. what matters. I don't care if I have, you know, uh, a daughter and a stepdaughter or a son and a stepson, any of these, uh, I think I'm using the wrong terminology, but still, you know, it, it doesn't matter to me as long as people are happy. And it's, it's nice that you said about the whole uh, parents and children sort of not being the same extensions of themselves. It's kind of like, you have to let them be their own person. And if you just try and force them to be something they're not, then it just makes everyone miserable. And Absolutely. Nice thoughts. I, you know, I don't necessarily believe in karma as an actual physical force, but I like to use karma as a sort of a moral compass, a guiding way. You know, I've, I found that the nicer I am to people and the generally the more selfless I am, I'm just happier and life just generally gets better, you know? Yes. Well, you know what that is? That's the energy. But I do a, I do a lot of speaking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, when you change the way you are in a situation, the people around you change. So you hear, you've heard all the time, I tell people all the time, the only thing you can control is yourself. We all know that. I can't make you do or say or feel a certain way. However, if the way that I talk to you changes if the way I connect with you or the energy I bring into a space, if that changes, inevitably you will change. Typically for the better, if I'm bringing better things forward. But you've you've had life experiences, people that used to be fun and easygoing, they start to get stressed and snippy. Um, what happens? You start to get stressed and snippy back at them. You don't like being in their same space. So your energy affects other people's energy. I, I have an analogy. When I speak, I wear high heels. And I used to think that I wore high heels because people liked me better that way. They reacted to me better. They treated me differently. What I finally discovered was that I wear high heels because I like me better that way. I feel taller. I feel thinner. I feel more in control and in command. And when I present tall, thin, in control, in command, that's what people see and that's what I get back. And I'm sure that's one of the uh, big things that comes across with you uh, when you do your success coaching, where it's sort of in in the world of business, at least I know that sort of you have to have substance behind your words, but a lot of it is how you present yourself. Yeah. It's a lot of, you know, if you present yourself as confident and you say and you act like you know what you're talking about and things, people are much more likely to follow you and it, follow, you know, I don't want to use that, but you know what I mean? It's, it's that sort of idea of just presenting yourself and i was thinking about this the other day i think in the shower or something and i was thinking about appearance. all the good ideas the oh, kitchen or the shower it definitely is yeah well a lot <laughs> of the time or when you're trying to go to sleep you're like i need to be up in six hours and then yeah. all the greatest podcast ideas ever came into your head and then you write them down wake up and the next morning realize they're not that great and you just stayed up all late um but i was in the shower essentially and um i was thinking about appearance and i was thinking about how upsetting it is that a lot of people are born uh with I'm trying to get the opposite of privilege, but it's like a, a lot of issues in their life that are causing a lot of grief, either being... Just with, um, yeah, without privilege, I think yeah, is the opposite. Or disadvantages yeah. of things. So obviously, there's yeah. not only people who don't live in a Western world, you know, in a, in a first world country and things like that, but also people who do live in with these who are, you know, individuals who are born without limbs or with, you know, certain illnesses or this, that and the other. Or just systematically. Like I have an episode, if you haven't listened to it, uh, called Growing Peace. And I talk with a woman who works in the most dangerous neighborhood in Chicago about, we talk about privilege, you know, we, we want, it's so easy to say, well, if you don't know something, you can learn it. Well, if you can't afford to get to the library or the dollar to buy to get the library card, it's way easier said than done. So there's mm-hmm. just so many levels. And obviously physical disability is more extreme uh but to understand that there are all sorts of layers of privilege and it it changes everything well it it does and and the reason i was kind of linking into that sort of thought process was that there's a big difference between 
presentation and appearance and that's what i was kind of thinking of i was like yeah. I, I feel bad for people who this sounds this is a really horrible thing to say out loud but i feel bad for people who just bought ugly like i want to i want to put a big <laughs> asterisk i'm not saying i'm good looking i want to clarify i want to put a big oh you're adorable i can see you and everyone else can't so. <laughs> i've got a blonde moustache it's strange but um the <laughs> it's not bleached either i get asked i, I, I would say me too with. but i don't think i do <laughs> you can't see it very much except that little i don't really uh, i'm just teasing yeah. but i was thinking like people who you know are, are born in the air quotations and ugly if you just i don't like people calling people ugly anyway but let's just say that and one thing i was thinking of was like you know oh that must be terrible because obviously people when people are generally the the standard of good looking people generally get treated better and i was thinking Absolutely. about it quite a lot yeah and it's obviously we need to kind of uh, socially get out of doing that as much but unfortunately there is a huge biological uh, indicator that's making us feel that way you know yeah. it's, it's all that sort of mating and all that sort of tomfoolery but one thing I was thinking of was just like it's presentation is such a big thing and it's like you can be n- not very good looking at all but if you present yourself and you with a guy if we use an example a man in a suit uh, you know where if their facial hair is kind of under control that sort of thing that looks better than say uh, a really good looking gentleman who's a bit dirty who's wearing scraggly clothes that sort of thing you know and it's yeah i mean presentation matters a lot but only when it matters mm-hmm. only if you want the desired result from that so i would never presume to tell somebody that they shouldn't have a scraggly beard and wear icky clothes if they're getting the life results they want from that mm-hmm. have at it but mm-hmm. if you're not getting the results you want, there are always little things you can change that will create an impact. Exactly. And the presentation thing with uh, one thing of what I was thinking of uh, with appearance is presentation, a lot of it is what you give off as your sort of, you know, people call it different things. Obviously, there's vibe, energy. Energy. Aura. Exactly. Yeah, All these things. Sure. And it, it's like the way you present yourself, you know, it's that whole thing of, you know, open body language and inviting people to speak to you and being engaging, but, you know, not being controlling and like there's a lot people can't see me because I'm doing all these hand movements things and people can't see me because they're listening <laughs> but um it's it, it, the way one presents themselves uh is not only in physical appearance of what you wear and cleanliness that sort of jazz but it's also as we discussed like how you you talk to people yeah. and in your success coaching am I right to assume that that is quite a large part of it yeah. of communication and things yeah. I have a group program going right now, and we just had this conversation. One of the young ladies is struggling with her roommates. Um, they don't, they're they are pigs and they don't clean up after themselves and she's frustrated. I know, right? And so she, I said, well, what have you done about it? And she said, well, the other day I said, hey, guys, um, I was just thinking I'm going to take the trash out on Tuesdays and Wednesdays would you maybe be interested in picking a day and taking the the trash out, you know, so we all have a day? And of course they said, yeah, sure, that's fine, but they haven't done it. And I said, okay, so let's hear the difference between the version you just said and, all right, so I've been thinking about this. Our house is a pigsty. I don't want to live like this. What I'd like to do is each of us pick a day and be responsible for that day. And we're going to write the list out and put it on the fridge. Does that work for you? Right? Like, which one are you more likely to follow through with? Well, exactly. It's the the, the latter. It's the <laughs> yeah. firm but fair sort of thing. It's, uh, you know, that it's also, um, it's quite funny how humans, we like to see of ourselves as so above everything else. And yet so many things work uh, the way you treat animals, for example, as in training a dog, if this example is, you know. <laughs> training you, the people, I know. Well, yeah, and it, it's like, you know, if you say to a dog, I've, I've had friends who've got animals and things, and I'm usually quite good with dogs, but it's only because I, it's the energy I give off, you know. It's the thing of, yeah. when you say to a dog, don't do something, you do not ask them, you tell them. And it, it's that kind of, with humans, because of the social structures being so much more complicated and complex, it's not as easy as this or that. It's every sort of element you have to kind of, take into account of things. Absolutely. And I'm not suggesting that you go around bossing people around. I, But I do believe that you can ask for what you want confidently and firmly and still kindly and get a better result. Mm-hmm. It's the trick of, it's kind of what I try and think of in, in my life, which is one has to be firm, but not necessarily sort of solid and unmovable. Because Correct. when you have an ideology that's like that as well, you know, one thing that I've, I've learned a lot more as I get older is, holding on to an idea like it's 
a part of your being is can be toxic yeah. because you should so always dangerous. exactly and you should always one should always reevaluate everything you should review things in your own mind in your own way and it's as you say with that um, the individual example used earlier which was the uh, the parents thing which is if there's something not going wrong in your life you should review and evaluate in a healthy yeah. way but look at things in a in an objective way and see what you can sort of tweak and change in things and um I know your time is limited, so we haven't got much longer, but um, I want to ask as well, with the uh, success coaching, is organization quite a large part of oh. our to-do lists and things? Yeah, uh, usually a to-do list is a dangerous thing to get into, but systems and organization is really an important, powerful part of the, the program. It actually is a key to freedom. So I work with, I call it a brave system. Surprise, surprise, brave <laughs> is my thing. Um, but brave stands for boundaries reassessment, accountability and action, uh, vulnerability, and then empowerment, right? And so uh, underneath accountability and action is where we talk about organization. Um, most people will come to me and they're like, they don't really like a really detailed schedule. They don't like to have all these systems because they feel like that's going to tie them down and it's going to get in their way. And I'm here to tell you that when you have them, you have so much more freedom. It's how you get more hours in your day. It's how you're more efficient and effective in the work you do. It's how you feel more accomplished. And it just takes a little bit of work to put them together. And the payoff is extraordinary. Mm. Well, it's funny. So you, I mean, you may be able to see this. Let's see if I can do this. No one in podcast land is going to be able to see this, but I think you can see it just up there. There's a wall yeah, calendar. I'm nice. twenty. I'm twenty five years old, and I'm the only person who has. Well, <laughs> I was until I got two of my friends into it. But like, good for you. It's You're so ahead of the game. I am. I'm. Yeah, trendsetter. That's what they call me. No one's ever called me that in their entire life. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it is interesting hearing about sort of the different ways one can self-improve. And one thing that people have to realize when, when it comes to self-improvement is you don't have to be better than anyone else. You just have no. to be better than you were yes. previously. And that's You're your it. only competition. Exactly. Um, I just read a book that I didn't, I it wasn't mostly new concepts to me, but there were some really great takeaways called Live Big. And I am at, I'm doing the 12 books in 12 months challenge this year. So I'm doing a video book review. So if you want to go and know more about it, you can check it out on my YouTube channel. But they talk about there's one whole section that says different is better. And we're so conditioned to think we don't want to be different, or we want to try and strive for this level of success or achievement that we've seen somebody else have. And it doesn't work. It just straight up does not work. So figure out what you do uniquely. How do you do something that's different than somebody else? That's what you sell. That's what you work for. That's what you market towards because different is better, period, always. I 100% agree. And uniqueness is a, is a very key thing. And, you know, just hearing, only speaking to you for less than an hour, I can tell how much of a great mum I'm sure you are because these are all oh. the sort of key big points that, I mean, you know, I'm not planning on having kids for a while yet, but just these are the other things that have been floating into my head. And whenever I see, I don't want to call anyone a bad parent, but when I see people who I would believe to be bad parents, usually it's because they're not, you know, thinking in these ways. They're not trying to, you know, you guide and help your child flourish. You do not, you know, control and twist and force. Agreed. And I, But I will say that parenthood is tricky and it's challenging. Um, there's this delicate balance between, yeah, you need to actually listen to me because you do and wanting them to have their own individual personality and all of that. I do work really hard to honor all the uniqueness in each of my kids and push it forward. And yet there are still things I need to teach them to be able to do and contribute to society. So it is a delicate tightrope walk almost all of the time. The thing that I, that I think makes me the most successful that I can be with my parenting is my willingness to admit fault and I apologize a lot. I shouldn't have yelled or I was wrong. Oh, you were right about that. I was wrong. I made this mistake to show them that we all make mistakes and it's not a big deal. Just own up to it and do something different next time. The rest of it, we just sort of play by ear. We just sort of figure it out as we go. But I'm actually this year, I hope to conclude this year, I've been working on a book called Raising Consciousness parenting socially responsible and empowered kids. And this is part of the topic. Um, 
we're hitting taboo topics across the board where we talk about racism and privilege and death and consent and essentially, and you alluded to this earlier, if we want to raise a generation of people who don't have all the fucked up issues that we currently have, we have to start from the moment they're born having different conversations with them and behaving differently towards them. And hopefully this will help move that conversation along. That's wonderful. And I've just got two quick things before I let you go. Um, I will say when that book comes out, keep me in the loop. I want to have you on the show. We can talk about just that book for like an okay. hour or so. Yeah, uh, I'd love sure. to talk about that sort of Thank thing. You. Um, and I, I will say as well, it, it's very uh, gratifying, I suppose, to hear because my dad, uh, I love him. He was a, he was a great uh, man. He passed away several years ago. I'm so sorry um, to hear that. It, it's, it's a case part of life, I suppose, isn't it? But um, he, one thing about him, he was incredibly intelligent, very, very uh, successful. And I'm incredibly proud to call him my dad, but he would never ever hit me he was wrong he apologized to me once in my entire life and that was when he told me he had cancer which is not the way and i remember that forever now because it's that yeah. he never he could never admit he was wrong and i had an argument with him once and i yelled at him and i said you know you're not right all the time and he shouted back yes i am and as soon as that happened i was like well i, I can't I, yeah, yeah exactly and that is the biggest flaw that my dad had in my opinion but i'm lucky enough that the people i've surrounded myself with and things like that have helped me see that I've been like that a lot until only recently where I've been the inability to admit I'm wrong. There's a weird voice in the back of your head that says, don't say you're wrong. You can't. And that's mainly because of dad, unfortunately. But being able to say I'm wrong, it's a level of vulnerability, pointing back to the, the brave. Yeah. It's that people have this weird thing where they clutch to. But when you start admitting you're wrong, it makes everything so much easier. So there's a weight off your shoulders. It does. It's It's freeing and it's honest. And you know, when I talk to parents who say, oh, I don't want to make that mistake. I don't want to, my kids to think I screwed up. I said, well, what, how do you feel when they screw up? Oh, it's fine. Everyone make blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, what kind of lesson do you think you're teaching them when you, when they think you never make a mistake? What are they getting from that? Are they getting that they're allowed to be human or are they trying to achieve this unachievable goal of being as perfect as you are? Exactly. But I try and sometimes I fail. Look, all of the stuff that I teach and I talk about, it's all a work in progress. We are all constantly just trying to do our best or to do better. So I screw it up as much as anybody else does. But I really try to take this honesty and admitting I've made a mistake to heart in every element. Uh, not that long ago, I was on a coaching call with a client and I I spouted out a statistic and hung up the phone and I thought, I don't know if I got that statistic right, but who wants to tell a client who's paying me a lot of money to sit on the phone with me for an hour that I gave her bad information? And I looked it up and I, I thought, I can feel like shit about this. I can wait and see if she looks it up and calls me back and says, you fucked this up. Then I really look stupid. Or I can say, hey, I hung up with you and this didn't seem right. And I looked it up and here's the actual information. And I'm so sorry I got it wrong, but I want to let you know. And she's like, that makes a lot more sense. Thank you so much for clarifying that with me. Then I looked more professional. Yeah. Right. So apologizing or admitting you've made a mistake doesn't make you look stupid. It just depends on how you do it. But get to it before somebody else realizes you fucked up because then you do look stupid. Yeah. 100%. And um, I've, I've got one more thing for you now before you uh, you head off as you're a busy individual. Um, bringing success to everyone. Um, the, where do you... <laughs> Where do you want to, where do you kind of see not only the Brave Files, but also your success coaching? And obviously you're an author as well. The list goes on in like five, 10, 15 years. What's your sort of end goal if, if there is one? Such a great question. And I never have an end goal because it's always moving. Perfect. Um, which I think is really important and powerful. But in 10 or 15 years, I, I would like to be doing more of what I'm doing, but being able to impact more people. So larger keynote stages, um, just being able to connect with more people and help them feel empowered. I don't make people empowered. I don't give you that tool. I help you find it for yourself, but to not stay stuck, to have more honest and vulnerable conversations, to challenge the status quo and to help build a stronger and a better community by being stronger and better. And I just, I'm in love with this mission. I'm in love with the results that I see of people and I want to do it more and do it bigger. But I want to get my podcast on NPR. Let's just be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, 
fingers crossed for you and i'm sure the, the way you're going and the sort of the the mindset you have and all these sort of uh, skills you've accrued in basically every aspect of your life i'm sure will really help you achieve the goal and your podcast is fantastic i'll put all Thank the links you. in the description thing to make sure that everyone goes checks that out but i yeah. do just have one more thing to share with everybody and Please we could do. talk about this for quite a while also and i wish we had more time to get into it i'm not sure do you do you mike do you have a gratitude practice a gratitude practice oh um i heard you speak about this in the other where because you've got i, I wouldn't say you've got something coming out that will help with gratitude it's practice. out oh, it's, it's officially out, out yes go on then plug it I produced a gratitude journal and, it, and I'm plugging it because I'm really proud of it, but also because it's a game changer. Um, the journal has a huge written component. I talk about my journey towards gratitude, the actual science behind why gratitude can create change, why you might want to practice it in different ways to practice it. But, you know, the brain can only hold so much space at a time. And if you're choosing to be grateful and if you're choosing to recognize the things that are good, there's less room for the rest of that shit. And I highly encourage everybody to spend some time figuring out how and what they're grateful for and expressing it and sharing it with others. So I'll practice right now. I am so grateful that you and I met and we <laughs> are getting to have this conversation and that sounds super trite, but this has been so much fun. Mm. And I, I'm looking forward to connecting with your people. Um, yes, if you wanna know more, we'll put the links. I'm sure Mike will give you the links, but my, my gratitude journal called Shift Your Focus is out and it really can create some positive impact on your life. That's a system too and an organization. Uh, but learn more about gratitude. Take the time to learn more about the impact of it. That will change you in a really good way. And that's absolutely perfect. And as I said, I'll employ everyone to go check out everything that you do. I know I'm going to be listening to a lot more of your, uh, the basically uh, genuine chit chat, but better. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Thank I'm, you. I'm not going to market it like that. Don't worry. <laughs> just introduce the show. Just like, guys, I might as well just quit. The brave files are just blowing me out of the wall. I should just stop. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. You're a great interviewer. You have a nice, relaxed way. I'm sure people um, feel very comfortable. I, I know that I do. I hope that I, I hope that that's the vibe I give off. That's all I really want from people is nice conversations, and these are just excuses for me to call, talk to cool people anyway. So uh, you absolutely, know, it's been fantastic, and um, well, thank you very much for coming on, Heather. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And that's the end of the podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. If you want to check out any of Heather's things, including the Gratitude Journal, her website, or her podcast, I've included a link in the description, so be sure to check that out. Coming up, I've got the two-parter recorded with Beth Crane of WeFix Space Junk. I've got a new one recorded with Frank Burton from the Ragpank podcast, who has actually been a guest on a previous episode. And we talk about his new book called The 100, which I wholeheartedly recommend everyone goes and checks out. And I've got one chat recorded with a gentleman called Magnus, who is a specialist in artificial intelligence, more specifically about ones that analyze data. So more the digital market and that sort of thing. So I've also got a few more recordings lined up. So we will see where that goes and how I feel next Sunday. Now, as always, guys, as I say, you know, like and follow us on all the usual social media places. Reviews on iTunes are much appreciated. But the main thing would be sharing the show with friends, family, anyone you think may be interested. As I always say, this podcast isn't made for every episode to appeal to every person. But it's more so I've got quite a wide back catalogue of different guests of different topics and whatnot. So I think that going through all the episodes I've got, there's likely to be at least one episode that most people will enjoy. So, you know, I appreciate any of you listeners who keep coming back and listening to the show but also sharing the show really means a lot so you know i really appreciate everyone listening this far and i think that's really it from me um so you know as i say guys i really appreciate anyone listening this far and i hope you'll have a great week and i'll talk to you next week